0: I know you're probably noticing we're doing a few things just a little different. Our goal is not to change everything up. Our goal is to while we're in here, while we're here is we're going to go worship the living God. When when we come together on Sunday morning, we're going to worship just Jesus. And our goal is to remove everything else and just Jesus is what we have in here. And so that's our goal. We're working on it and we're just trying to best make this time together uh, a time where we get into the presence of God. Last Sunday night at home groups, we were talking about times where you were in the presence of God. And... I'm not sure if it was every time, but nearly every time that people described that, the time when they were in the presence of God was a time when they were in church or at camp or at some sort of group meeting, which is wonderful, which we like and which we want and which we encourage, but the Word says that we can be in the presence of God and we are in the presence of God all the time, but we don't recognize it. And my goal, and what I've been preaching, and what we're trying to do, is for you to get to experience God, not just here, but at home, and at work, and at school. And that's what God, God wants us to experience him very real all the time. And so I know you probably think, Pastor, you just keep hitting on this and keep pounding on this. This is very important. God, because if we don't experience, if, if, our, if our Christian walk is just an experience every now and then, that is not all that God has for us. God has for us this ongoing experiencing the presence of him in our daily walk, in our work, And I know what you're thinking, how can I experience God in my work? He wants you to experience him in your work. He wants you to experience him while you're at home with your kids. He wants you to experience him with your kids. In your time together, as you're going down the road together, as you're speaking into their lives, he wants this time. And so as as we go into chapter 27 of Psalms, this is David speaking. And at this time, the the temple is the place where the holy of holies is that's where the holy spirit of god is that's where the presence of god is is in the temple and that's where they experience god the holy spirit had not yet come and been inside people if you if you read the old testament nearly all of the language in the old testament is the holy spirit was on them but he wasn't in them In the New Testament, after Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes and abides in them. So we are in this period where the Holy Spirit is pretty much the presence of God is in the temple. And David says, I can't get enough of this. He said, this is what I want. I want it all the time. And if we are, I don't wanna, I'm just saying, God wants us and God seeks for us, his church, and his believers, and his followers, to have this desire, as David had, to be in the presence of God all the time. And David says, I want it all the time. I seek it all the time. And I think, I think we seek it some, but I don't think we seek it all the time. And I'm speaking for myself as well. This is things that God is revealing to me and helping me with and opening my mind and heart to. And it's just, I want to be in his presence. And I want to seek his presence. So we're going to be in Psalms 27. I want you to stand. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Bible. So it is not going to be what they have up there. But I'm going to read it because there's a couple of verses here that I think it's really good. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear or dread? The Lord is the refuge and stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat of my flesh, they stumble and fell. Though host encamp around me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, even then in this will I be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek inquire for and insistently require he is like i have got to have this that i may dwell in the house of the lord in his presence this is something that david said i am insisting on this i have to be in this i require this to be in his presence all the days of my life to behold and gaze upon the beauty the sweet attractiveness and the delightful loveliness of the Lord and to meditate, consider and inquire in his temple. He says, he says that that the presence of God is sweet, it is attractive, it is pleasant. Sweet, attractive, and delightful. I think sometimes we have made out a relationship with the Lord to be oh I guess I gotta go be you know. If something is sweet and attractive you don't have to ask somebody to be part of it they're going like yeah I, I mean if someone if someone puts one of sheila's coconut pies out there that thing is sweet and attractive and nobody has to say you want a piece of that i want it and the word says and, and yeah there's where i get an amen yeah <laughs> thank you but this is what this is what david is saying he's saying this relationship with God is sweet and it's attractive and I'm drawn to it we don't have to be forced we don't have to be coaxed we don't have to have somebody going come on let's go let's get you know and, and, I, and I'm afraid sometime in the church we try to and I, I don't want to ever be accused of trying to muster up and, and drive my people to where God is it is sweet and attractive and when we understand that we say I want that that's what I want we have to pray that the Lord would give us that. It's sweet and attractive. For in the day of trouble, he will hide me in the shelter, in the secret place of his tent. He will hide me. He will set me high upon a rock. And now my head be lifted up above my enemies, round me in his tent. I will offer sacrifices and shouting of joy. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises of the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, have mercy and be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face inquire for and require, this is the second part, inquire for and require my presence as your vital need. He says that I'm supposed to, that his presence is something that is vital to me. I have to have it. I think we wake up and just, I'm gonna go, and we act like the presence of God is not vital to us at all, and he says it is vital to me. My heart says, you said, my presence is your vital need. My heart says to you, your face, your presence, Lord, will I seek, inquire for, and require of necessity and on the authority of your word. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. You who have been my help, cast me not off, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. Although my father and my mother have forsaken me, yet the Lord will take me up, adopt me as his child." teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a plane. I'm going to tell you what, this number 10 verse here, we live in a world where mothers and fathers don't stay together, and we don't know what a family looks like. I'm going to tell you what, if you're there, if you're there, folks, if this is your life, you ought to hold on to this, this verse 10. Although my father and mother have forsaken me yet the lord will take me up and adopt me as his child you have a father and mother in jesus christ in god and we that's where you seek don't seek from the world seek from god teach me your way O lord lead me in a plain and even path because of my enemies those who lie in wait for me give me not up to the will of my adversaries for false false witnesses have risen up against me they breathe out cruelty and violence what what would have become of me had i not believed that i would see the lord's goodness in the land of the living he says what twice what what would have become of me wait and hope for and expect 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 the lord do you expect the presence of the lord Do you go to the Word and say, God, I expect you to come and speak to me? Do you come to church and say, I expect the Holy Presence of the Lord to come? Or do we come and at 10.30 we say, all right, you got an hour and a half, go. Wow me, God. Or do you come expecting, do you go to the Word expecting, do you go to your prayer time expecting, wait and hope for and expect the Lord? Be brave and of good courage and let your heart be stout and enduring. Yes, wait for and hope for and expect, again, expect the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, today, speaking to our hearts, Father, we need to seek your presence. I want to seek your presence. Lord, I pray that that would be the thing we want more than anything else in the world, is to be in your presence. And Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. If you could ask for one thing, get ready to turn this off, guys. If you could ask for one thing from God, what would it be? Okay, turn this off. Okay. One thing. You ever had anybody say, you got one wish, what would you wish for? More wishes. That's what they always say. I got one wish. What would you wish for? More wishes. David comes and says, this one thing I ask. This is the one thing. And if you go to verse four, it says, one thing I have asked of the Lord. Of all the things that he could have asked for, he says, this is the one thing I ask for. I don't know about you, but there's lots of times... People, there's an old, there's the old genie joke that I just told kind of, and he said, you get one wish. And people, and it's kind of fun to think about, if I could have one thing. David is a man of God, he's a man after God's own heart, and he says, this is the one thing I desire. The one thing he desires of God is his presence. The one thing he asked of God was his presence. Now I want you to think, if you had, if you had one wish, what would you ask for? When I was a kid, I had one, we, we don't like one. We don't like one. We don't like one choice. Um, we was talking to, I was talking to Dean and Linda this morning. Had two kids and one choice to eat was not good enough for either one of them. These kids that they were working with. I remember when I was a kid, they said, we're going to go eat here. And I was like, Okay you know cuz if we got to eat anywhere we I mean if we got to eat out anywhere it didn't matter where it was it was it was the greatest place in the world no matter what and now you say okay where you want to go I don't know i've only got 50 choices you know and we can't figure out we don't like one but david says if i could just have one thing if i could just have one thing i would want your presence when i was a kid we had one when we when i first when we, we, we later on when I got into high school we got a phone in the milk barn but for most of my life I had one phone in the house I had one phone and we had to share it with Joe Freeman's cousin who talked all the time isn't that right Joe so we had to share it we didn't even have, we didn't even have one phone we had, we had one phone that we had to share with somebody we had one TV that had two channels Now I have two TVs and you can have 300,000 channels and we gripe because there's nothing on. We don't like one. We have multiple tools for jobs. If you get in a car now, they have, not only does the car have radio, AM, FM, it's got FM two or three, and then it's got satellite, and then it's got DVD, and then it's got an MP3 thing, and then it's got an aux cable that you can plug something else into, or it's got Bluetooth that you don't even have to plug anything into, it just starts playing. And then you have satellite radio, and then we complain, because there's minus a song, I can't get my songs. We have shoes for every occasion, clothes for any situation, guns for every season, fishing rods for every type of fishing. And I'm not talking about myself. Turn this thing off for just a second. I'll tell you, I'm suffering this morning, this nose of mine. I am sorry, but I cannot control it so anyway we got fishing rods for any kind of fish we don't like one we'll go through life and have multiple houses in multiple towns multiple spouses on the news the other day i will have multiple jobs on the news the other day i was listening and said that the the job market is changing like this And that people are not only changing jobs, they're changing careers like every three years. And so careers are changing. So we will live in multiple places with multiple jobs, multiple spouses, multiple cars, multiple houses. My point is we have a hard time with one. We have a hard time with one. Ask any teacher if you have trouble getting kids to concentrate on one thing. They're distracted And they go from one thing to the next. And if you watch people on the phone, what are they doing? They never just go, there's always, what's the next thing? We have a problem with one. So when I ask you, what is the one thing you would ask for? And I want you to be honest. If I said, if you could go to God, if you went to God today, what would be the one thing you would ask for? And I want you to be honest. Would it be wealth? Would it be security in my finances? Because I'm going to tell you, I started thinking about all these things. What's the one one thing I would ask for? And this, this thought came into my mind. Would it be for divine healing for somebody in my family or maybe myself? Would it be for salvation for a loved one? Now, none of these are bad things, I don't think, at all. But each one of them is kind of for me. The wealth would be so that I wouldn't have to worry about anything. The, the divine healing would be so that my loved one would be with me. The salvation for my friend would be so that I could spend heaven with my friend. But David says the one thing, and listen to me, this is David and he is the guy who is after God's own heart. And he says, I want just the presence of God. Church, this is where God seeks to get us to. To where the one thing I desire and everything else is a distant, far away thing. But the one thing I desire is the presence of God. And David says, I just want one thing. And this is what I've asked of the Lord. He's whittled his relationship with God down to one thing. Our prayer lists are a mile long but David has got it down to one thing that I may dwell in his presence above all things in the presence of God before anything else before I came, to, before he comes to God and asks for anything else he says I want to be in the presence of God there's two mornings this week that I had to uh, hold on just a second shut this off for a second There was two mornings this week that I had to get ready to speak. I had Thursday morning I had to speak at Elsie's funeral that afternoon. And I had sat down with the family and I had everything that I wanted to say together. I just had to put it in the order that I wanted it together. And I, I needed to get up early that morning to do it, to get it done. Because I, I, I wanted to have it done, I wanted to think about it. And then Friday morning, I wanted to get my sermon all done, and I knew where I was headed with that. And so I said, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to get up about 5 o'clock because the house is real quiet, and that's what I'm going to do. And both of those mornings, my idea was I'm going to get up at 5 o'clock, and the first thing I do is I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to write these things out. I'm going to put together what what I'm supposed to say on Sunday, and I'm going to put together what I'm supposed to say at Elsie's funeral. Those are good things. I'm going to be in the Bible. I'm going to be reading the Bible. I'm going to be seeing what the Word says to us and seeing what the Word says to me. I'm going to be in the Bible, so this will be, this will be really good. And I'm just telling you the walk that I'm going through and what God's teaching me. At 3.30, I woke up in the morning, and God said to me, as soon as my eyes opened, he said, me first. And I was like, what do you mean, me first? He said, me first First, before you go and try to speak into Elsie's family, before you go and try to speak into the church, me and you are going to meet before we ever do anything else. And it was as real as it could be. And I'm going to tell you, I was like, all right and i didn 't i mean i really didn 't want to get up that early, but I was like I'm, i do you understand that god I get to be in the presence of God? Do you understand that i don 't think we get that i, I don't think i don 't think it has been as real to me as it has been in the last few weeks of my life. I get to be in the presence of the living God in my house, and he asks and calls me and he says, before you do anything else I want to be with just you and I want to get in your I want your presence I want my presence to be with you and then you can go do the other things and I'll be with you then too but I want to just be with you the living God wants to be with me why I don't know but he wants to be with me and I think sometimes we think well he just wants to be with pastors he just wants to be with Moses or Abraham or Isaac or Peter or John or Paul or Saul that's who he wants to be with he wants to be with everybody and he doesn't want to be with me more than he wants to be with you he didn't say, you know, in this whole thing of history, I'm going to be with Saul closer than I'm going to be with anybody else that ever walks the face of the earth. He doesn't say that. He says, I want to be with each one of you and I want to be in your life as real as I was with Saul, as real as I was with John, as real as I was with... He wants that for each one of you. And you say, well, my personality isn't like Paul. He doesn't care. I think that's the problem sometimes. We look at people and we say, those people really have the presence of God in their life. And so I need to do the things that they do. I need to act like they act. No. God has called you. God has made you. God knit you together in your mother's womb to be the person you are. And he wants to dwell within you. And you have personality traits and things that he wants to use. John who was the one who Jesus loved, he always said that he was he's funny, I think he's just funny he writes and and then the disciple who jesus loved i don 't know why he didn't just say me, but that's how he always addressed himself. John, the one who Jesus loved, was completely different than Peter. John was this loving guy who 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 cared for people and had this wonderful thing like the the attitude and and personality like that peter you never knew what he was gonna say he was rambunctious he was loud he was and god gave and placed with in both of them the holy spirit and his presence was with both of them And they both had different ministries and they both went about it in different ways and God blessed both of them. And I think sometimes we think what God has for the people I read about in here and for the people that I watch on TV and for the people that I see or my Sunday school teacher or whatever, I think God has something for them that is different than what he has for me. God has something different for Pastor Luke than what he has for me. Or God has something different for Pastor Kelsey than what he has for me. And because they're pastors, then then they just, they've got some kind of something different. Well, I'm here to tell you that is not true. God seeks and wants for the same thing that David's talking about here, to be, he wants his presence to be in your life all the time. He seeks for that. He seeks for that in here. But he also seeks for that out there. And I'm I'm just telling you, most of your walk with Jesus is not in here. It's out there. And he wants to be just as close to you out there as he is in here. And he wants to meet with you in your car while you're singing praise hymns. His presence wants to to meet with you there when you're singing out there and when you're singing in here. Does he want to meet with us in here? Yes. Does he want to meet with us out there? I think maybe even more. His presence is not restricted to place or certain people. And David says, I require it. I've got to have it. I insist on it. We don't insist on anything anymore. I may have preached this sermon not too long ago. I don't know, but it's worth preaching again. We don't insist on God. All the things of life push God back and we don't insist God's going to be first. We let activities and work and school push God to the place of, if I have time, I will let God in here. We insist that we take part in all these other things. We need to insist on getting in the presence of God. That during my day, there's gonna be some time that I insist on getting in the presence of God. We insist that our kids be part of everything and every activity under the sun. We insist on it, we make plans and we work on it. I wanna ask yourself, when in the last year have you insisted that you get in the presence of God? When is the last time you sat down with your family and said, we're gonna sit down in this living room and we're gonna read the word and we're gonna pray and we're going I insist that everybody's here and we're gonna get in the presence of God? When's the last time you did that? When's the last time that you insisted that we get in the presence of God? Not at church, not insisting, okay, we're all gonna go to church this morning, But I mean insisting at home, insisting in your car. Look, while we're driving here, let's pray. Let's pray for the people in front of us. Let's pray that God's presence would come and be in a car with us right now and have revival with your kids. When's the last time you ever did that? He said, David said, that the presence of God is a vital need. you know what vital means? If you don't have it, you're going to die. He says, if I don't have the presence of God, I'm going to die. I'm going to tell you what, if you don't have the presence of God, you will die. He says, "He's mean." Ah, he thinks you're just going to, here's the deal. If you don't have the presence of God in you, you will die. He is the spark of life in you. You can be the worst sinner in the world. And I'm telling you what right now, God's keeping you alive. But he says, if I don't get the presence, I'm going to die. If you don't have the presence of God in you, you will die spiritually. You will walk around in a dry place, and you will die. And, Je- and David says, my heart says that I have to have, it is vital that I have God with me. And you might say, well, I don't feel that way. I... And just and you can say, "Pastor, I'm just being honest. I, I, I like those other things. I like the other things that are in my life. I, I, like, I like these things, and, and, and to tell you the truth, I, I like them better than being in the presence of God. That's OK to be honest. But you need to come to the place where you say, God, you need to change me to where what I desire, to where my desire is you. God, change my desires from the things of this world to the things of you. God, help me to keep my heart from chasing my my own dreams, my own desires, my own hopes. Quit helping, quit, quit, change my desire from the goals of my kids, I need a heart change. Not a mind change, but a heart change. Until the one thing I desire, until it becomes, I am praying that God will so move upon our homes and our people and our dads and our moms that the one thing we desire more than anything is the presence of God in our life. Not the words of God and, and don't get me wrong and misquote me on this not just the, not the words of God or the theology of God, or, or the creeds of God, or, or the Ten Commandments of God, not words, but that it is such a presence in us that I can't resist it. And that it's real. It's not something I just believe, but it is something that is real in me. The last verse says, He says, I expect this. I expect the Lord. Wait for the hope and expect the Lord. Do you expect God to move in your life? Do you expect the presence of God? You wake up in the day and say, "I God, I expect that I'm going to see you. I expect that I'm going to feel the real presence of God." I've been the other Sunday night. I I talked about when I was. I talked. I was trying to give you good advice, and I'm telling you what it, it. It was something that I read in a book, but it was really good. And as I was preaching, I was like, "Boy, I got convicted." Well, I'm waiting in line I, I, said, I said you know what we're waiting in line we ought to be praying for the people in front of us the people, or whatever's going on in your life be careful because if you start praying that you're going to end up in line somewhere and I've been ending up in lines and when I get there my first thought is and then my second thought is oh man I might, I might get in the presence of God here I'm serious. I'm like, I want to get in the presence of God. I'm not kidding. And I wake up in the morning, and my first thought has been that uh, there's been times in my life, and oh, God, I don't want to get up and face the day. But I'm telling you what, the Lord's helping me. And I wake up, and I'm like, I get to get it. I'm going to go get in the presence of God. I'm going to go, and I'm going to sit in my chair. And I'm not kidding. I sit in my chair, and I'm like, okay, God, I'm ready. I want to get in the presence of God. But you have to start expecting it. And he says you insist on it. I want the praise team to come. I want us to stand. For some of you this morning, God is part of your life. But you are not insisting that He is all of your life. And you are not insisting that you get in the presence of God. And I'm going to be honest with you. There's probably some of you this morning that you're afraid of what would it look like in my life if I insisted that God was number one. Not number one, but God be everything. What would my wife think if I went down and prayed this morning and insisted That I just, all I wanted, all I wanted in my life was the presence of God. What would my wife think? What would my kids think if I went home tonight and I said, family, we're going to get in the presence of God? What would my kids think? What would the people I work with think? What would people think? Folks, this is what you was created for. This is what you were created for, to be in the presence of God, to walk and live in the presence of God. And I am praying this morning that God will so move in your heart that you would seek to be in the presence of God. We're going to have just a time this morning, just response time. The altars are open. We're going to sing a few songs, and while we're singing, if the Lord speaks to you, come and pray. Pray as long as you want to. We're just, we're just going to have a time of response this morning, just a time of you and God. Nobody's listening to you. Nobody's going to, to judge you or anything like that. It's just, just God, I, I want to know you better. I want to get in your presence. I'm insisting, God, that you help me to get in your presence. Altars are open. Come as we sing.